Hello, welcome to Dark Materials. I'm Faye. Hi. And I'm Rachel. Hello. This is usually a podcast where we're reading through and discussing Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials novels, A Chapter at a Time, spoiler free. But in these special bonus episodes, we'll be talking about the new BBC and HBO TV adaptation of the books, currently airing every week until the 22nd of December. Be warned that there will be spoilers in these episodes for Northern Lights and the other books in the series. So if you haven't read the books yet, come back and join us when you're all caught up or listen to our book episodes. Hi. 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 <laughs> How you doing? Alright. <laughs> I'm okay, I'm okay. I am um, I'm off work now for Christmas, so I slept in until 10 a.m. this morning and it was glorious. Um I should say also, if you can hear music in the background. It's my very noisy neighbour who is playing really loud music at half two on a Monday afternoon. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. So this is a bit different from usual. Usually I pop over when you've finished your full day of work and annoy you in the evening, but we're daytime podcast recording now. Oh my gosh. It's weird. It's not dark outside. (laughs) (laughs) Although it almost is, which is depressing. But another thing I suppose we should mention is that way back in the beginning of the episodes, we mentioned that Obviously, we're a new little baby pod and we've been messing around with the sound and stuff and trying to get it as good as it can sound with our limited means. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you've noticed like um, a difference in quality over the last, I suppose, all of the episodes, it's because we're still trying to figure out what sounds best. So bear with us because we will yeah, get there. Yeah, we've been moving the mic around and kind of playing about with where we sit in relation to them. It's all very technical and podcasty, guys. It is. So <laughs> at one point it was on an ironing board. Yeah, uh, that it, was not a good week. No, it was not a good week. <laughs> it's currently on a pillar on top of a uh, vinyl player. Yeah. Uh, which is great. And then there's a towel underneath that. It's very professional. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> it's not quite a blanket for, we've not reached that point just yet. We might get there. We might get there. If I'm moving house in the new year, so if we move somewhere where I've got like a perfectly sized cupboard that we could line with blankets, mm. <laughs> that could be the way forward. We'll see. Yeah, we will. We shall. I guess we've got some other admin in reminding you guys that this will be our last episode of 2019. Because mm-hmm. we'll re- be recording an episode about the last episode of the tv series but obviously that'll be just before christmas and then we'll be doing family stuff mm-hmm. so that'll probably come out for you guys on third of jan third of january Friday, third like of jan. yeah if it changes we'll let you know but mm-hmm. that's what we have scheduled into our very professional calendar mm-hmm. so yeah we share everywhere. we share our calendar now <laughs> <laughs> um and we did say this in the last book episode but just to say again if you listen to the book episodes the next book episode will come out on the Monday the 13th of January. So there's a bit more of a gap for those ones, but that's just because it takes longer to put those ones together. So, so that's that's the other thing is in the new year, we will be working on trying to maybe sort out something to do with the Patreon. Yeah. And for sure, one of the rewards will be our blooper reels because we go through some real crap recording these. <laughs> it do. is this, do. the whole situation. I've got the recording of the most perfect burp anyone's ever done from Faye, so... It was great. You could be treated to that. Yeah, and also uh, Rach dropping a gin everywhere, which oh, was God. quite a good one. <laughs> and then just us generally going, oh, fuck. Being a bit of a mess. Yeah. It's great. We're so professional. <laughs> Getting into the episode, 
we watched this one together again mm-hmm. with other guests, which were Rachel's boyfriend and housemate and housemate's boyfriend. They all have names, but mm-hmm. you guys won't know who they are. So. We'll all be moving in together in the new year, so yeah. that's nice. And we did put the mic in front of all of us, so you might hear some guest appearances from other voices that you don't know yeah um from sound editor johnny yeah <laughs> to how i know housemate sarah and her boyfriend will so yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh, can i have one of the yeah. terries please it was an interesting episode i actually watched it twice this time which is something i don't do but then i also feel like there was a lot in there and I don't know if I'll remember everything that I want to talk about, even though I took notes. Mm-hmm. So let's see how it goes. So remind me, we start with end of last episode, Lyra fell out of a balloon. Yes. Beginning of this episode, somehow, she's totally fine. But we don't see that yet. I, I know we're not going chronologically, but I really feel like the first thing yeah. we should talk about is fucking Mrs. Coulter, because oh, that's shit. the first, should we see her first? The cold open that was just sexy Coulter. Oh my God. <laughs> she The fucking scream that she does is so horror film-esque they put i noticed it when i watched it again today that they've put a bit of like jarring musical noise behind it so Mm. it sounds really like horror movie oh oh it's a bit spilly that was quite scary and she she just looks great like doing it like it's it's so scary yeah the speed with which she just after that lady is like what can I do to help you? She's just like, oh, just I'm just gonna choke you, <laughs> Mrs. Coulter. <laughs> I need to just uh, calm myself down. Just get a little cold water on my on my face here. Uh, but yeah, Charlie, hi Charlie. She tweeted us being like, I can't wait for you to talk about Mrs. Coulter. <laughs> Our X-rated discussion. I think that it's nice that we've got a reputation of being hot for Coulter. I mean, just hot yeah. in general. For Ruth Wilson, just. You do the slow clap every episode. This episode, we're giving you the slow clap. (laughs) The precision with which she fucking pounces on that woman when she chokes her. But also, we were saying it's kind of cute because the monkey's just sat there. Like, the lady, obviously, she's one of the people that doesn't have a demon. So he's sat there like, "Mm, I can't join in. There's nobody for me to choke. (laughs) How sad. I feel like they're really, um, like, hamming up her mental instability because mm. she chirks her and then she's like oh like are you okay i'm sorry i didn't mean it i didn't mean it Which and is... then immediately also then just goes like dead behind the eyes straight after that and it's yeah like, okay i think it adds to like the creepiness yeah. of her doesn't it and then we learn that lyra is not dead so that's the thing isn't it we kind of said it last week it is a bit annoying that they chose to show that in the next time on yeah because she might have actually died. You never know. But mm-hmm. she didn't. But she should have because fucking hell, she fell from a balloon and then just got up. Yeah, I kind of wish that we had a little bit of an explanation of how the heck she survived that fall because there was kind of like a bit of a slopey bit of ice next to her implying that maybe she like slid down that. But like, she's basically fallen out of a balloon onto cliffy mountainy area like how is she not just impaled on a spiky rock how has she not broken at least a few bones like i'd have at least liked to see her have like a dislocated shoulder that she like faithful hayne style like pops back (laughs) into place or something she has like like, a minute where she's like oh ah my ribs ouchie and then she's fine and i'm just like wow unless she fell straight out of the balloon onto that slope 
Yeah. There's no way that she would have even survived the fall. But even like maybe having a coming out of a snowdrift to say that maybe like a snowdrift broke a fall or yeah. something, that might have helped a bit. I don't know. It, yeah, I don't Some know. Some kind of explanatory crash mat would have been nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and there's the bit, I'm like jumping ahead, but whatever, we all know these episodes aren't chronological. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought of when they get thrown into the little prison by Yofa and Pan mm-hmm. like lands on his back. Oh, and, like, and he like wiggles around. Oh, God. He to get back up. So cute. And then at least we have an explanation this week as to why we don't see Pan. Yeah, because she actually like is like be a mouse and hide in here. Yeah. Like I wish we'd have had that moment in the Lost Boy episode when yeah. she we have more of an explanation of why we can't see Pan all the bloody time. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. more bits like that would have made it a bit more believable when people's demons aren't and it was really obvious. nice the transition of him like being I think he was something ferrety and he kind of like ran up her leg and halfway up her he changed into the mouse to yeah. like climb into the thing and that was nice yeah cute oh. yeah and little Roger oh Roger who also seems to be fine yeah <laughs> but like yeah. no explanation as to how or why he's managed to also just survive a massive fall mm-hmm. And what, be hiding in a cave for a bit? At which point Sarah was like, oh, I've just been hiding in this hole licking rocks. I just, we'll insert that audio now You'll if we have it. Insert that audio, but also re- repeatedly through the episode, Roger hiding in a cave licking rocks became a bit of a running joke. Oh God, it's, it's funny because when I watched it today, I think we were laughing over the explanation of why he's there. And yeah. he says to Lyra... Yorick made me stay here. Uh, and because obviously Yorick's running off to... Yeah. They didn't want Roger to get eaten by the bears. But it is just funny because they're like, Roger, he's just like in a little cave. Like, oh, hi, I'm here. Bing. Just yeah. sat in this cave, <laughs> just chilling. Bless his little fucking heart. Roger! Roger. Why is Roger oh, still here? going. Like a hole. What's he doing? <laughs> what are you doing in that hole, Roger? <laughs> <laughs> Fell out of a balloon together. I don't know what happened to Lee. But he was still airborne when I last saw him. <laughs> I've just been here ever since. <laughs> I've just been hiding in this hole. <laughs> oh, little Roger. <laughs> What's he been doing? <laughs> All right, Laura, I've just been licking <laughs> rocks. <laughs> I'm on with an eye in life. Oh, me. I'm going to walk over to you. Because there's no more rocks to lick. I'm all out of slime. And on Roger, oh my god, my heart when fucking Asriel sees him at the end and he's like, I'm very pleased you're here. I was like, no, no. Don't you, don't touch him. (laughs) Don't you look at him like that. Also, that reaction of Asriel seeing Lyra, I know in the books it's quite a strong reaction of him being like, no, I didn't send for you. But like, it just completely out of context imagining somebody having not seen the series being like the fuck is he reacting like that for yeah like it's it feels so jarringly out of place but like obviously in the next episode i imagine it'll make sense to us it just felt really weird and it was like just earn that paycheck mr mcavoy like absolutely he's finally back i'm only gonna be in this episode for three minutes but i'm gonna make him the most acty three minutes anybody's ever acted oh (laughs) Yeah, James McAvoy. When when I watched it today, I was like, I know this has been a, an ongoing story for me when I've been watching this show, but I'm like, do I find James McAvoy attractive? And now I'm I'm wondering whether I do have never found him attractive before. 
Mm. What a journey I'm having throughout this series. But I did quite like him. There. I don't know why there. Who knows? Maybe you've got a soft spot for it. He had like a very Disney villain vibe just in that last few seconds. Maybe that's mm. what got you. Maybe. Also, just, you know, Mrs. Coulter is evil and does experiments on children. He is. <laughs> Like, evil people. like creepily coming up to a child maybe maybe this no you've not got you've not got a good radar here for people uh, excuse me i like lee and so far there's nothing wrong with him that's true uh, he's not been creepy speaking of when he got really angry i was like yeah that was hot <laughs> and then when he was really happy that was also hot this was hot <laughs> Maybe I can be an assistant. <laughs> Ooh. He did a little angry scream and I've never seen Lynn be angry before. Yeah. He was just so bloody miffed throughout that whole conversation with Serafina Pekka where he was like, did you think maybe you could have started with telling me that Lyra was alive? Yeah. Instead of just like leading me on and watching me be basically grief stricken. Maybe you could have just been like, hi Lee, by the way, Lyra's alive. Yeah. Yeah, but no, she spends ages like chatting before she tells him that she's fine. I want to know how Yorick and Roger also fell out of the balloon. Yeah, because we only see Lyra like also. Yorick falls out of that balloon. That balloon suddenly goes whoop, yeah, right? <laughs> straight up. Yeah, it's such a big weight spin. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe that's why Lee ended up crashing it. It's <laughs> like fuck. That's I can't true. control this shit. Seraphina gives him his gun back, and he's like, "Oh, so I've got to fight again." Cheers. The Bear Palace, which I'm sure has a name. Does it have a name? I assume it's just generic Svalbard. I don't think it's got a specific name. So the little Svalbard. Let's call it Passenbuena Place. (laughs) Yeah, it looks like this reference was lost on everyone in the room last night because nobody's seen it. But it looks like the live action Disney Jungle Book that came out like three or four years ago. It's got like Christopher Walken in it and stuff. Mm -hmm. It looks like when they do I Want to Be Like You, it looks like the temple-y thing mm-hmm. that they use in that scene. I liked how it looked. I liked the blood all over the floor. That That's was cool. sinister. I like yeah. that there. And like all the burns and stuff in the in the mm-hmm. palace looked really good. And the bear fight, I I was into it. I liked it. It was a bit brutal, but yeah. I enjoyed that. I got really upset when Yofo was like fucking slamming Yorick's head onto the floor. I was yeah. like, no, I don't like this. Yeah. I think they did a pretty good job of that. I, uh, Read a really funny tweet, we'll have to find it, retweet it, like quote it or something, but it was like conversation with the showrunner slash accountant. Like, oh well, Pan has to hide for a majority of this episode, so you won't have to animate many demons. And they're like, oh, good, good, good. And like sorts out the budget. Oh, but we do have like 15 polar bears and a massive polar bear fight. And they're like, (sighs) Christ. (laughs) (laughs) I like that image. I like that image of like, yeah, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> yeah. It did look good, though. I thought they did a good job. There were, like, some differences in the... Like, we were talking about the bears in the book when they all have, like, little dolls that are supposed to be demons. Yeah, I think we didn't get quite as much, like, really obvious denotation of the whole Yuffa wants to be human yeah. thing. Because, like, I think in the books, it's... The bears are, like, starting to not wear as much armour and they're wearing more, like, fabric-y clothes. And they're all holding dolls because... Yuffa's so obsessed with getting a demon. He's like carrying around like a demon doll. And some of the other bears in like a courtly fashion are copying him. Mm -hmm. There was a guy in the dungeon thing that Sarah said looked like Jafar. Or sounded like Jafar in Aladdin in the Disney version when he's like hiding in the dungeon with Aladdin. I was like, yeah, he really did sound like that. 
this before. He even gets close and is set upon a corpse like he's a king. <laughs> <laughs> the one that should have been king, but he's it was disgraced and exiled. It's Jafar, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, he was. That actor has a ridiculously expressive face. Yeah, like I couldn't listen to what he was saying properly because I was so busy looking at how much his face was moving when he was yeah. saying it. It was really he was almost hard to watch. Like I think I need to rewatch that scene because I did not take in a lot of. What I said. watched it again today and I didn't really take it in again. Like yeah. I mean, there might have been, but it might have gone over my head. But I feel like there wasn't that much important things said there. Like I think it was just more that he'd seen Azrael in the dungeon. He was there with him, and he then he got taken away, and he was doing it. He's carrying on like his yeah. experiments and stuff. He was really good. It was just maybe um a bit too much from his face. <laughs> Yeah, it was just, it was a really interesting performance, to say the least. You have to watch it like three times to actually take in what he's saying, because it's got so much else going on. They did a good job with the special effects, like on the bears, um, like making sure so you can tell Yofa and Yorick apart. I know that Yorick's got his like marks on his nose, but little things like the way that um, Yofa's mouth was a bit slanted. And yeah, he had like a constantly crooked eyebrow. Yeah, like, yeah, which I quite like. His voice was good as well, actually. I said that he sounded to keep on the Aladdin theme. He sounded like the fucking tiger, the the sand tiger. What the fuck is that called in Aladdin? Oh dear. The Cave of Wonders. Yeah. The tiger thing that talks, like the entrance to the cave, isn't it? Yeah. He sounded like the voice of that. I thought he did a good job of being quite scary, quite and like and Daphne Keane did a good job as well of like yeah being scared. Of, it yeah. must be so hard as a child actor to be acting around all these things that aren't even there. I think that's why it helped to have the puppets. Yeah. So like a lot of the behind the scenes things have they've got physical puppets that are like very much more simplified versions of the demons and I and some of the bears and I think that does really help. So you've got something physical to look at, but even then, like it's still not like the real thing. I've still not quite had the Lyra of my imagination come to life yet because she's quite careful with her words Mm. and she doesn't say a lot of stuff whereas I kind of always imagine Lyra being a lot chattier and potentially like explaining herself a lot more in a showy off kind of way. Yeah. Because like I really wanted her to kind of you know, be all enthusiastic with Yorick and be like, oh my God, I lied to him and I knew I could lie to him because you said you couldn't trick a bear, but he thought he was a human and yada, yada, yada. And I wanted all that explanation to come through in a way that felt natural, but also in a way that felt really library and like I'm showing off at how good I am at lying. And then when he names her Lyra Silvertongue, that would have felt more like a yeah. proper moment. I did get immersed at that moment. You're no longer Lyra Balakwa, but Lyra Silvertongue. Yay! You gotta explain it though. What, the name or the mask? The name. Yeah. It's nice names, just because she's multiple names. Because she's good at lying in it. Yeah. I really like that moment. It's one of my favourite parts of the book anyway. Mm. It would have it would have been better, I think, if he'd have said, because she's good at lying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like, because she tricked because, a bear. Yeah, like, like Johnny yeah. didn't get it necessarily. Mm. He was like, why that name? Like, I feel like they just wanted to be that ever so slight little bit more yeah. explanation. Because we haven't seen her lying a ton throughout like mm. we know that she lies a lot but we've not we don't know that that's her like her thing yeah she's yeah you know um, to the you, point where you'd give her a nickname because of it yeah, yeah. when yorick finds her in the palace he she says oh i tricked him and he's like you tricked a bear but maybe we just needed like a little bit more 
yeah she yeah like a response from her just being like well yeah but he's not acting like a bear so that's why i knew i could trick him yeah kind of yeah something yeah. like that yeah oh my god fucking boreal has like the creepiest entering of a house ever when he goes to see elaine for the first time he like oh opened, he like stands at the door and she, obviously she doesn't want to let him in but then he fucking lets himself in he's but just, like, like slowly yeah. opening the door with her standing there just like forcing it open but in a way that feels oh yeah. And he like slides no. around it and I'm just like, ew. It's very snaky. Yeah. Yeah. Well, very creepy. Yeah. He has gone from being like looking very sexy in all of his suits that he chooses and looks very good in and very like suave and like kind of like we know he's a baddie, but um he's quite still quite sexy, still yeah. quite hot. To being like, Oh no, you're just slimy and horrible. Yeah. Because that scene was so gross and him like inviting her to sit down on her own fucking sofa get out of my house absolutely not no (laughs) i yeah i was not here for that the most creepy entering of a house ever so creepy i have urgent information about your husband what's your land come right in is that my worst nightmare being home alone and having someone like barging like that tell me to sit down on my ass He's such a beast. Can I get it back for you? Yeah. And then fucking Thomas dies. R.I.P. Thomas. Yeah. So when we watched it last the night, the scene. Yeah. I um. I know I'm skipping ahead, but when we watched it last night, we all saw it happen. But then it was only when I watched it today that I realised it was Thomas that died. And I was mm. like, Thomas, R.I.P. We're never gonna get to find out your relationship with Boreal. No. <laughs> if you were fucking. This is a very niche reference. Mm-hmm. So probably for. Listeners in the UK, if you watch Hollyoaks around 2012, <laughs> so niche. There is a character, there was a character called Malachi, and he looked loads like that guy that I said looked like Milo Ventimiglia. Do you know the other creepy guy that goes into the house? Okay. That's not Thomas. He looks like him. Did you IMDb to check if it was him? It's not him. Okay. But I will show you a picture okay. now. So. After a Google, it's not Malachi, it's Brendan from Hollyoaks that that guy looks like. <laughs> so, um, please write, if you're listening and you know what the fuck I'm talking about, just tweet us, because that'd be fun. But he doesn't like him, it's not him. Tangent, <laughs> tangent over. niche, small-scale UK soap watches <laughs> from 2012. <laughs> uh, we've just established that it was after my time I'd start watching Hollyoaks when, when he was on. So, yeah, I used yeah. to bloody love Hollyoaks. And if you've never seen Hollyoaks, just Google Brendan Hollyoaks. And have a look. He does look like the guy that played whatever that guy. I don't. We don't even find out that guy's name, do we? No, I don't think so. But he survived Thomas. Hmm. And also, it was like the first because I think we've seen uh, Moxie the cat before. E- well, like, yeah. Maybe in, like one passing episode where Will's put food down for her, but that was that was her like shining moment. Yeah. Cat on the stairs. Cat on the stairs. Bless her. I didn't even realize that bloody house had stairs. I thought it was a flat. Yeah, we've discussed this before about his house being not what either of us have imagined in the books. I've always imagined it being more like a council house, like a yeah. little terraced council house on a little block that's like... It doesn't even look like a house that's in the UK. It looks like a Grand Designs house. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like it would be in some kind of Pacific Northwest American town with like loads of forests or like and stuff a, around. Or like a Scandi murder drama yeah. in the forest. Yeah. yeah, or like a New Jersey like forest town or something like yeah. that where you would have like log cabins and stuff. It's really out of place like for mm. the UK. I've never seen a house like, like that Like a before. house, especially in Oxford. Yeah. I know that um, Boreal mentions that they've been receiving payments from... 
um, John Parry. Like, mm-hmm. there is there is bank transfers going on, so they are getting money in. But, like, I want to see more of that hustle from Will. Yeah. And that comes from them being from, like, a much poorer background, I think. And yeah. the fact that, like, his mum is dealing with loads of mental health stuff and probably can't work, because we've not seen her working, we've seen her at home the whole time. Mm-hmm. I want to see more of that hardship because it makes Will a stronger character for me. And the fact that he's living in quite a nice house... And they don't seem to be struggling in any way, except for the fact that his mum's got loads of mental health stuff. It's like, it's weird. It's not the it's not the will, it's not the background I imagined for him, for yeah. sure. I always imagined him to be a bit, like, shorter and snappier than he is. Because mm. when Lyra, him and Lyra meet, he's, like, got no time for, like, Lyra's bullshit. He's just like, fucking eat this soup and shut up. Like, True. Yeah. So <laughs> I wonder, we might get that, because they've not met yet. Mm. So it might bring out that side of him when he meets her we've not seen him interacting with other people his own age very much at all except yeah. for that fight a few episodes ago yeah that's true so maybe he'll um and we get the impression that he's quite badly bullied johnny brought up a good point as well which was the letters mm-hmm. because we don't we after like four or five episodes of the letters being mentioned we still don't know what they are and obviously we know that it's a bigger part of the story mm. but it is a little bit Maybe a bit frustrating for people that haven't read the books to be like, well, why am I supposed to care about these letters when I don't? I still don't know what what they are. And I think it's a teased. symptom. Yeah, I think it's a symptom of them wanting to introduce Will quite early. Yeah, and making that decision to be like, okay, we're going to bring in book two Will into season one because why the hell not? Let's introduce them both. They're both going to be so big. But then his story that we've had so far we've had a bit of pre what we know from the book story and we kind of we've just caught up to his first chapter in the books yeah but that's maximum one episode's worth of content that they've kind of eked out into little tiny scenes across quite a few episodes yeah so maybe it's like blowing up stuff that's quite small in the books into into a much bigger thing Mm. i think the content of the letters is just that it explains that John Parry has potentially crossed over into another world and that there are gaps between the worlds that you can pass through. Mm-hmm. But the impact of that is reduced by the fact that in Will's storyline, we've already got Boreal crossing between worlds willy-nilly. Yeah. So like... Oh yeah, so the reveal... The reveal of yeah. the fact that, oh my God, there's a there's a passageway from Will's world to Lyra's is really diminished by the fact that, well, we already know that as yeah, the viewer because we know that Boreal's been passing through. I hadn't thought of that. In terms of where we're at, though, where Will's story finishes, it's proper interesting for me because I thought that we wouldn't get to this point until, like, partway through the last episode. So I feel like we've got a long way to go with Will and Lyra. We've got a whole episode to fill. I think we're quite close to the end of the first book for Lyra. I personally think that what you said last week about them both crossing Mm -hmm. over together and will probably still happen because if you think about where we're at with Lyra... Asriel and Roger, they're not just going to do that in like 10 minutes. That's going to be the whole episode, I think. Yeah. And I don't even know if we'll even see Will at all in the episode until maybe the very end. So True. I think all that will run up to that point. Because like you said, what else has Will got to do now apart from find the... Walk through a gap. Yeah. 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 So I think that they'll lay off on Will in that last episode. Also, sorry. Well, go, no, just... go for it choosing to have will take his mum to his pe teacher his like boxing coach yeah. instead of down the road to the piano teacher he had as a child i found that quite an unusual decision like i'm fine with it it was nice that we got introduced to the character a few episodes ago we know yeah. that there's this like 
person who's keeping an eye out for him at school that he feels he can trust. But I kind of wish that we'd had the elderly piano teacher just randomly have Will's mother thrust onto her because I quite like that dynamic of just being like, and Will showing up with like a bag of food for his mum because yeah. he knows that she, she's going to be there a few days. I like that dynamic and I'm sad that we missed that. It was probably easier to introduce a school teacher yeah. than a random pianist also, leaving your vulnerable mother with a man you don't know too well feels really, really different to me to leaving your vulnerable mother with a woman that you yeah. have known from childhood. Also, I know that he's not a creepy guy, but when he was like, I've got spare pyjamas, that yeah. didn't sit with me very well. <laughs> it just it just hit the wrong mark. Yeah. I don't know why. But yeah, I got that as well. I was like, that was kind of what highlighted for me. Like, you're leaving your vulnerable mother yeah. with a man that you only know through school. Yeah, exactly. I thought yeah. I felt the same way. I, mean, I guess the, the theory behind that maybe is that he's literally the boxing teacher. Like, he knows how to fight. So if he needed to, like, physically fight to protect his mum, he'd be able to. Yeah. But, like, I'm sure that that's also not necessarily on Will's mind. Yeah, that's true. I'm just looking through my notes and to go back to when they find Roger. Mm-hmm. Yorick does a big roar. And Lyra and Roger jump, and it's really <laughs> cute. They're like, fuck. I'll be like, yeah, I'd probably do the same. <laughs> oh, that was cute. I just turned the page and looked at my notes, and I have, we've already talked about it, but I have, OMG, Angry Lee is hot. And then the next note is, OMG, Happy Lee is also hot. I like that you write down exactly what's in your head. <laughs> that moment is <laughs> great. It's because... I want to not miss stuff while I'm watching it. So I just literally write it down as I'm thinking it. Otherwise, I'd, I'd be thinking about, oh, what am I going to write? And I'd mm. miss loads of shit that was happening. So I'm like, if I just... that This is why sometimes I can't understand my own notes because I just word vomit onto the page. There's a, a slow-mo Mrs. Cole to walk towards the end where she is starting to head further north to find... Yeah, so it, well, after her interaction with the Magisterium, right? Which yeah. I was about... Mm. She's especially the idea of her trying to use her like wiles and her sexuality against this man who's like, all right, as long as you're doing it for the love of the magistrate, like he's so fucking bureaucratically like obsessed with his power that he yeah. doesn't even notice that she's trying to like seduce him yeah. into like agreeing with her. And he's just like, as long as it's for the good of the magisterium, like yeah. it's so weird. And her just being like, okay. Yeah. And she's like, I know Asriel. It's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we know you know him. I know she's been doing all the evil shit, but it is a little bit like, oh, she's a strong independent woman that set up her own evil organization, like wing of this like evil government and then she's just having it all taken away from her because she like one thing went wrong i mean one massive thing went wrong they're just like yeah you'll get you've got to go you've got to go back to london now and like answer for stuff like you can't help fix the mess that you've created and she's like well why not i think the thing with mrs coulter in the tv series so far and we did touch on it a little bit last week is that how emotional she already is and We've seen her, we mentioned it earlier, her like mental instability. And I really like that because I don't think you get as much of that in the books. So then when I was reading the books for the first time this year and my opinion might change as I read them again, 
but her entire arc, as much as I loved it, like at the very end where there's a some sort of a redemption, I was mm. like, didn't care about it that much, as much. I was like, I don't know if you deserve this being thought of as a good person now because you've done this thing because actually you've done most of the things that you've done have been absolutely horrible. Yeah, and she does play off as much more one-dimensional. There's like a few moments where she's got more of like a motherly instinct, a yeah. living instinct, but it, she does play off as very one-dimensional and villainous, but I don't know if that partly as well is that a lot of the interaction we see with her, especially initially, is from the point of view of Lyra yeah. or small children, um, or it's just watching her do stuff that's evil. Exactly, because... With, like we said, with the TV show, it's not from Lyra's perspective because that would have been too difficult to do. Um, so you do get these other sides of these characters that we wouldn't have, wouldn't see in the book because mm. you've seen it through the eyes of a child who is a clever child, but who wouldn't still wouldn't understand at the age of 12 the complexity of mental illness and of like a mother's love and of everything else that's going on in Mrs. Coulter's life, like the magisterium. Yeah, all the political cogs, all the like socioeconomic cogs, Her all the like bloody dead husband and Azriel and oh my God. Yeah, the amount so of like stuff. thinking about what she must have gone through, potentially having been like a social pariah mm-hmm. to then get to the position where she is now. Like I wanna see that story as its own thing. Yeah. Like I feel like there's a movie that could be made about that of like a woman. Yeah like disgraced and having had an illegitimate child and having lost that child or think that they've lost that child and then fighting their way through society. And Mrs. Coulter deserves her own book. She really does. Especially as like a really questionable protagonist because she's doing such evil shit. Yeah. Yeah. What I'd love to see more of as well is just her struggle with losing Lyra and then suddenly having found Lyra again and having Lyra thrust upon her or her taking Lyra and thrusting Lyra upon herself, I suppose. That must be a massive change. Like, she's lost her own child for, like, 12 years and then suddenly here this child is. And And then also this child finds out what you've been doing for the real living and, like, fucking hates you. Yeah. And doesn't want anything to do with you. And you're like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that in the TV show, they've done a good job of... Although we haven't seen, like all of those nuances mm. they've done a good job of of packing those in a little bit more than they do in the book and i've enjoyed it a lot so far and just just to say ruth wilson again oh my god mm. she's hands down the best thing about this like the tv show as much as i love lynn she is so so good in it i don't think they could have got anyone better to do mrs coulter no i think yeah she's doing a really good job it's inter- i'm finding it really interesting seeing people's reactions to her as well especially as compared to like with this emotional portrayal of her as compared to the really like like straight down the line one dimensional portrayal in some of the books Mm -hmm. it is interesting to see how people have reacted to that and i personally i'm like i'm i'm on board with it yeah some people aren't there yeah i've seen that as well some people don't yeah some people don't like the more emotional side of her being prevalent in the tv Mm. show Personally, I really like that. It's one of my favourite parts about it. I'm interested to see if we get to see anything of that from Asriel. Because mm. obviously he's just been this character that's been played up and played up in Lyra's head. And we've not seen him since the first episode. Yeah. And now we've seen him for three whole minutes <laughs> of intense acting um, in this episode. But I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. Because he is, he's a constant figure. This like fatherly figure for Lyra, this like, admirable figure and she assumes he's in the right all the time, yeah. but we never actually see him. So what we do actually see of him can potentially completely recolor the way mm. that he's viewed. 
So I'm interested to see what he does with it. Because as we know, in our opinion, Asriel is a bad, bad man. <laughs> a he nasty, is. nasty man and not a cool uncle. No, he's a nasty man. I'm trying to think what else we've seen. Oh, aside from the fact that I disliked Serafina's outfit even more. <laughs> she was wearing weird leggings and I didn't like them. Yeah. It looked, I think, because we saw her in, in daylight. daylight yeah. yeah, It looked a lot green, more green as well, mm. which I wasn't into. Not, not a fan of. She's got a great face. She does. She uh, yeah, she's got a really nicely put together face. What a fucking really weird nicely thing put that. together face. <laughs> if I was gonna uh, put God. together a face, yeah, right there. I did uh, whatever words. Cheekbones Help. for days. <laughs> I can't speak. <laughs> what I'm gonna say is for next episode, it's gonna be so close to Christmas, and I feel like it's gonna be a really fucking intense <laughs> watch with my parents. So inevitably I will be watching the next episode with my mum and dad because I'll be home for Christmas. They've been watching it? Uh, I think so, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I know my dad wanted to reread the books and I was like, well you can't have them because I'm reading them. <laughs> but I told him if he wanted to get the omnibus edition then I'd pay for it because I want to read the like lantern slides that are in there. Oh yeah, but then so. our listener, Warrell, sent them to us anyway. That is true. But then also, I kind of just want him to buy it, yeah, and then yeah. I'll, yeah, have, yeah. I'll have a copy. <laughs> then then I'll steal that copy as well, and then he won't have any copies of it. But um, also, controversially, my dad really enjoyed the film. Ooh, right? Bad opinion, Dad. You are wrong. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I'll be watching it with my family over Christmas, and then Faye will be coming and doing a fun little trip to my little village up north, Yay. my little Christmassy village, and we'll have a nice little record of the pod then. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we won't be seeing you until after Christmas. So happy holidays. Yeah. Merry, Merry Christmas and all that. Have a great time. However, or if you celebrate Christmas, or if you're going to have some time off, or if you're not, I hope you find some time to relax and chill. Yeah. And drink some mulled wine, because no matter what you celebrate, mulled wine is great. Alcoholic or non-alcoholic. Faye won't drink it because she doesn't like a spiced hot beverage, even though it's great. <laughs> I will just have regular red wine. Okay. I don't like that, so... Well. <laughs> well. If you want to give us something super special for Christmas this year, we would love a review on Apple Podcasts. So if you listen to Apple Podcasts, I don't know if you can review on Google Podcasts. I don't know. If there's any... Wherever you're listening, if you can review us... Or, or rate, rate us. us. Please do. <laughs> Um, we hope that you're having a good time with us and it does, especially on Apple Podcasts, it does help. From what I've heard, anyway, it helps other people find us. So please do. Um, we'd be forever grateful. And we've had a couple come through which are really lovely, so we'd like to read more. Yeah, and if not, totally just recommend us to a friend, especially if someone's reading the books for the first time. Give us a shout out to them and mm. let us know if you've been enjoying listening to it. Yeah, please do. And... We don't usually say this on our TV show apps, but you can find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at HDMPod, or you can email us at her.materialspod at gmail.com. And we bloody love an email, so please email us. We get very excited. We do. (laughs) Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Friday the 3rd of January to discuss the last episode of the TV show. And we'll be back on Monday the 13th of January with our discussion of Chapter 6 of Northern Lights, The Throwing Nets. Bye.
Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Bye. Bye.